Hello everybody and welcome to episode 137 of Bang Bang Podcast. My name is Andy and uh, I'm joined by um, Steve. Is yeah, it? that's my name. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah to, uh, to talk about an interesting event which happened this weekend in wrestling. Uh, last week was a general catch-up. Did you enjoy that, mate? No. No? It was, we just had a bit of a chat about what's been going on this past year in wrestling. Um, I made that up because I haven't watched anything. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm going to move the, the, the microphone a bit closer to Steve so you can actually hear what you he's... You need to hear me. He's, he's a terrible fucking microphone. I'm a horrendous narcissist, I am, yeah. yeah second week running, yeah. we will be live from Sydney and Eden Bar on Gloucester Road in Bristol. Yeah. Um, for the best in contemporary craft ales mm-hmm. and lagers and cocktails in a convivial atmosphere. They also do comedy and show live football and rugby matches downstairs. Um, a one-stop shop for all your beer-based needs. Also, the greatest can shop in the world, bottles and books, a bit farther up the Gloucester Road, that basically we kept each other going during lockdown. And it's where I cultivated my love of stout. So thank you very much, Beth and Louis, for letting us do the podcast down here. Yeah, I'm on as close as you can get to Europis in this place, to be honest, which is... Which is not Europis. It is New Bristol... Brewery's Bristol Lager. Yeah. Um, a fresh lager. Very nice. Very well. nice. It's going down well. I'd like to and find. I'm back. I'm still on the uh, New Bristol Brewery Cinder Toffee Stout. It's, yeah. Um, they they have their own tap room, um, which they run in conjunction with Asado, which provide lovely um, Brazilian spice chicken wings and burgers. Okay. Um, which is really good. Um, but that's their go-to stout. It's a session stout, only 4%, but it tastes really good. It does taste like you've got a stout and they just crumbled in those bloody crunches. Perfect, mm. it's a good thing. They do um, stronger flavours um, of it. They do the bigger cinder toffee stout in cans, that's 7%, and they do the salted, uh, salted cinder toffee chocolate stout, um, which is 10%, which is my... As if you listen to any of the first 50 episodes I drank quite a fair bit of that right. during the first 50 episodes so yeah. um, it's their fault all the plugs out of the way yeah. if you want to send me through um, and Andy through a crate of something for mentioning your fine brewery yeah. then we're not going to stop you no, no I'd like to find Black Lakes for our, uh, our theme as well what a great theme hmm. I'd also like to find good choice at King's Pig's Bladder, the wizard of Photoshop for our artwork, as always, which is uh, splendid. Steve can't see it because he's not on Twitter yet. You might be able to time this episode comes back out. Yeah, I, I, I don't even know if I'm going to be allowed back on <laughs> because I threatened to kill people in a pineapple crumble based argument. You did, yeah, yeah. And I yeah. was taken off, um, but they've let fucking, they've let Kanye and Donald Trump back on. Yeah. So yeah. if I don't get back on, there's something fucking wrong. There is something wrong, yeah. yeah. Uh, so this week, we're heading back to... Hell. 1993. So Wrestling hell. Wrestling hell. The year um, that never should have been. How old were you in 1993? What were you doing, no, what were you doing in 1993? 1993, um, I was probably um, doing some dates, tour managing Mega City 4. 
Um, yeah, just just DJing. Yeah. Not really holding down a full-time career because I was too busy getting out of my brain every yeah. single day and, and earning money DJing. I was uh, in my... I was 28. Okay. I was 15. So I was probably... I was in my year 10, I think, of, of secondary school at Downland. So not really doing any work. Watching Prison Cell Block H. Yeah, Prison Cell Block H. Filling up his room with crusty socks. I don't think I was masturbating at the age of... <laughs> Is he 15? What? I don't know if I was, no. I was a late developer in that. In that. <laughs> Man, I was fucking wanking from about the age of nine. Yeah, I'm not sure what... what I'm not sure what age I was when I, developed, when I discovered masturbation. If you listeners want to... If listeners want to... Want to uh... now, we're going to be talking him through this whole thing because I, <laughs> I now see my job as a therapist yeah. to talk yeah. him through why... Be waiting until puberty to start actually masturbating. Yeah, if you want to, if you want to write in and tell us when you started masturbating, listeners, male or female, then no, uh, this is a wrestling podcast. Honest. Yeah, do tell. Um, but yeah, I was at school, a bit of a nerd, really. Um, I mean, I, I, yeah. When I turned up at school, I, yeah. I wasn't exactly a nerd. I was mm. just intelligent, but that's another thing. Isn't it? Of course, yeah. We know how to waste our time properly in life. Yeah. Well, as we're, as we're covering a, a pay-per-view, I know one of the favourite segments of the show is us talking about top tens from oh, good history. God. Now, 1993... It never goes well. 1993 was a fantastic year for music, as you, as you all know. Can but I actually... Just, can I just say no? Yeah. It wasn't? No, it wasn't. No, it wasn't. So I've not, I've not got a top ten from 1993. Instead... I've been kinder to you and the listeners yeah. and myself in certain ways. And as this is one of, well, the, the show we're covering tonight is Clash of the Champions 25, which was one of Ric Flair's first matches after his return to WCW. After I've, his stellar run. Yeah. I've gone for a top 10, which is from the week that Ric Flair made his in-ring debut in NWA, which is 1973. Okay. So there better be slave rubettes and mud in this top none ten. None of those are in that top ten. No, uh, the fourteenth of May nineteen seventy three was Ric Flair's in ring debut with NWA. So this is the charts from that week? Yeah, from the fourteenth of May nineteen seventy three. Okay, let's 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 see if I agree with anything actually being good. You're you're touting this as he does every yeah. fucking time, touts it as being good. When it's fucking clearly not. There's one, one all-time classic in this. What you okay. think is an okay, all-time well, classic and what music okay. lovers think right. is an all-time classic and normally okay. diametrically opposed. Right, we'll Let's see. I'm we'll giving you the benefit of the doubt because okay. it's been a while since I've had to put myself through this shit. Uh-huh. Number 10. Uh, oh, I also, another gimmick. Uh, what we're doing is... Whichever we're, we're, we're going to get Steve to pick a song from this top ten to finish the show with. So, what if I don't want anything? What if I just want Maimed and Slaughtered by Discharge? We had that last week, didn't we? Yeah. I can't play that every week at the end. Yeah, well, we could do. We could do. Yeah. Number ten. No more Mr. Nice Guy by Alice Cooper. Reasonable. Now, I was in my head. I heard this in around the time that I was kind of at school, 
I didn't twig it, it was Alice Cooper. I looked to see who did a version of this in that time. And it was uh, Megadeth for the cover in 89. Yeah, I did. So that was probably the version Often that I did. Okay, it's my business and business is yeah. good, I think. Uh, it's a good song, isn't it? It's a reasonable song. It's, it's a better song. version than the uh, Alice Cooper version, the original. You prefer the Alice Cooper version? Oh, good yeah, 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 I listened to it earlier, yeah. It's good. Um, you, uh, I search out yeah. a live video of Megadeth yeah. playing Anarchy in the UK. Okay. It's it good? the worst thing <laughs> known to man. When did Poison come out, Alice Cooper? That was my first awareness of Alice Cooper was uh, Poison. Yeah, that little renaissance he had around that time. Yeah, right? yeah. Um, but yeah, good goal for us, aren't you, Alice Cooper? Yeah. Vincent... Fernier. <laughs> yeah. Uh, number nine, which is actually ties in with the, uh, the main event of this, ma- of this car tonight. Also, Sprack Var- Zarathustra. Richard Strauss. From the film 2001. Yeah, Strauss. Which is. I got that on vinyl. Yeah. Did I get the pronunciation right? Not really. You, no. You, you, okay, right. Um, which is Rick Flair's music. It is. It is. Number eight Brother Louis by Hot Chocolate. I like Hot Chocolate, but if I'm going to choose something, it's not going to be this. Is it. Uh, I believe in miracles. No. <laughs> no, I didn't realise that Hot Chocolate were actually like a seriously serious band in the 70s. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was great. great Big band. multicultural kind yeah, of, yeah. yeah. I didn't, all I knew was... Uh, they were brown out of all the head. Yeah. You were strangely drawn to be head. Yeah, that's what I knew was uh, You Sexy Thing and uh, that's it, I think. Hot Chocolate. Played Darby Wedding. <laughs> um, number seven. Given It All Away by uh, Roger Daltrey. You're a fan of Just a Boy. You're a fan of Roger. Is... All away. Do you know who wrote that song? Liam Sayer. Yes, correct. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> I had that down to something you might not know, but ah, it does sound like a Liam Sayer song. It does, it? doesn't it? Yeah. 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 Uh, I never really got the Who. Come I mean, it was amazing. It was beyond, obviously, it was a band I would have to catch up with. If you, if you get a meaty, beaty, big and bouncy, yeah. I can lend you the album. Have you got vinyl? Have you got, no? Just get on it, Spotify. Yeah. yeah, get on Spotify. Meaty, beaty, big and bouncy. Yeah. It's a compilation of stuff. He's a bit Brexit these days, isn't he, Roger? Uh, Roger we, don't, we, do, we don't care about what he does now. And Pete Townsend's got but, a dodgy uh, yeah, internet history. Really. Yeah. 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 Listen, yeah. To, listen to that. You've, you've got things like the, 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 the start of my generation, yeah. which is mimicking somebody off yeah. speed. Okay. Why what don't the, you off? Yeah. Fade away. Yeah. Um, I thought it was Goldust who was mimicking that. Yeah, Tourette's Goldust. Okay, right. That's not speed. No. Yeah. Right. Um, and then you've got things like Happy Jack, whimsical sort of stuff, and then I Can See for Miles, which is. Yeah. Which is their psychedelic sort of pop hit and then yeah. you've got things like John Entwistle the bass player's song Boris the Spider and then you've got they move forward in leaps and bounds quickly then you've got things like Bab O'Reilly and Won't Get Fooled Again yeah. and who's next and then they move into fucking Tommy yeah. and Quadrophenia fucking rock operas and things like yeah. that so it's a, there's a huge canon of stuff that is that is well worth your time yeah. where you could start off when they were mods and speeding their tits off with all their sort of 
same time as bloody Rolling Stones were good with like like 90 nervous breakdown and things like that before they yeah they knew stuff the stones fuck right off with that shit um number seven no that was number seven number six Driving Saturday by uh Dave David Bowie yeah yeah it's just actually um, I'll, I'll give you this is actually a reasonable that was what I put down as, a, as an all timer yeah yeah that's it you can't miss Joe's played to him have you got a favourite Bowie era or album or everyone's got a favourite album aren't they but it's I'm torn between <laughs> either yeah Wait for it Scary Monsters and Super Creeps okay. or Low mm. so I do like the German European f- the and that Low was the, f- the first yeah. of the uh, German trio and yeah. then you've got you've got Scary Monsters was the end of that so yeah. I think I like that yeah era of Bowie was my favourite because that's that was the era that I really got into Bowie yeah um, the I was, first I was a bit yeah. Too young with with some of the other stuff. Yeah. The first side of Low is it's amazing. Yeah, it's incredible. Yeah, and the second side is just weird, but good. It's, yeah, but it, good it's, weird. Yeah, it's, it's yeah, yeah. And, um, so anybody who thinks it's let's dance is wrong. No, I like it. There's a there's a place for that, isn't there? No, there is though. I think it's better than fucking Glass Spider that stuff, isn't it? No, well, that wasn't an actual, that was a tour name. I know, yeah, but that, that, that kind of... That was the Let's Dance tour. It was, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So but never let me down, that sort of stuff. Is... yourself. Yeah, but he was, he was then, he was, at that point, he was, he was just getting married to a man, and he used to just write, I want to be famous, I want to be really big. Yeah. And that was what the record company wanted of him. When he moved from RCA to EMI, that yeah. was what they wanted out of him. As a kid... I can remember seeing the video to Ash, Ashes to Ashes and then seeing the video to China Girl and Let's Dance. I didn't twig it, it was the same person or same. That, that's the whole thing. I yeah. could call you a moron, I was, which, I'm I was, not, which I'm not going to do. I was about six. I'm so. not going to do. You were <laughs> a young moron. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. But that was the whole thing about it. He was a comedian, yeah. wasn't he? He would, he would change. And he wouldn't be afraid to just leave things that were insanely successful. Yeah. To moving from... Oh, God, what's the fucking LP that Kooks is on? Well, I didn't say. No. Kooks is... I can see the, the brain... Hunky-dory. Yeah. Hunky-dory. He'd move from that sort of early sort of feminine look yeah. that he had into... Ziggy Stardust, yeah. moving out of Ziggy Stardust, right at the top of his his, his game, yeah. moving on to Aladdin Sane, and then moving on from there into the Thin White Duke, yeah. into the Piero costume of Super... Um, Crazy Monsters. Super, and, uh, super Creeps, yeah. um, through Ashes to Ashes and things like that, out into the, the yellow and the light blue suits. Yeah. Um, that was good with the dance. He just kept moving, yeah. kept moving, and, and was not afraid to just no. Because you got right around the time with like young Americans and things like that. I love just young in, Americans. In, in, embraced sort of 
Philadelphia soul. Yeah. Well, Luther Vandross is on. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But he's just embracing all that stuff while clearly smacked out. Oh, that's the thing. He did all this, did all this stuff whilst massively, well, I'd say impaired, but massively under the... Uh, well, that was, that was the thing. The, the, Some the, of his interviews, though, he looks... Oh, he was always dead, wasn't yeah. he? But that, that's yeah. what you get when you hang out with Lou Reed and Iggy Pop the whole time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's yeah. not going to end well for you, is no, it, really? No, To be quite honest. Um, but but the, he's, he's a fucking genius, and, and the world is a, a, a much oh, yeah. worse yeah. place for his past. No, no. Did you see him? Um, he didn't live anywhere near me. So no, 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 no. He lived in Switzerland. I saw him at Phoenix, that's where, 96. Wow. Um, well, one regret that I didn't actually yeah. see Bowie like. No, I regret he, he did Glastonbury like 2000, 2001, 2003. I mean, that yeah, was, and that, and that was great. That yeah. was really, that was a really good show. That he put on. Well, by that point, if he could sort of come to terms with, he just basically came out and did almost like because it was and, a, it was like a drive to change and yeah. move forward and move forward and move forward. And he came to the point where he wasn't selling any records really. No, and he was trying things on records, but on live he was like, right. Fuck it, I've got a great back catalogue, let's let's yeah. on with that. Which is the right thing to do. Yeah. I, I'm all for bands moving forward and but you can do it too fast. Yeah. Um a lot of things you you do you you're you sort of one step ahead musically than touring is catching up. Yeah. Um because most of the time they they would like to hear some of your new stuff but not too much yeah because there's they they've got into your last album before the one you've got out now and they want to hear that so if you if you play catch up and I I worked with a couple of bands that just wanted to just play brand new stuff and why aren't you getting into the brand new stuff yeah it's like because you haven't given them time to live with it no. you haven't given them time to get into it and they don't know it so why are they going to just get into it they're not going to get into it just because it's you Yeah. they still need to know it so I, I think you always should be playing a little bit of catch up chuck some of your new stuff in there because that's what you're really touring it for but people don't want to hear stuff that they've only just bought and they haven't had time to live with yeah so you need you need to almost be a, a tour behind you go record behind you you're reinforcing what the last record favorites were yeah play those and I, we weren't guilty of that in the series because we weren't there long enough yeah to be honest we were fucking bone idle and didn't bother changing our set this very often <laughs> yeah. anyway yeah um but I never, the only time I ever played a Sears song in another band was my 40th birthday. Okay. How was that? And yeah, and, and I, I had genuine, and again, I'm, I'm talking myself as a, as, as a wrestler in this thing, yeah. I don't go into a time. Yeah. Now. Yeah. But that's, that's the only time I've, I've played Sears stuff in a non Sears setting. I didn't say that. Here's my new band, and let's play some of the old stuff. Yeah. It was like, no, I'm in a completely different band, so I'm going to play all of that stuff. Yeah. That's probably why I didn't make any sense of myself after the series. But well, uh, number five. Yeah. Is uh, a song I'm not familiar with. 
And so I love you so by Perry Como. And I love you so. Yes, it's yeah. awful. Uh, Crooner bollocks. Number four, a, a return to the show for familiar favourite. Hello, hello, I'm back again. By a uh, well known noted paedophile, Sir Garrants of Glitter. What I would like to say is, the Glitter Band were amazing, weren't they? To be honest, Gary Glitter at that time couldn't put a foot wrong. The sound. He just fucked kids. Yeah, but like, the, I mean, I'm not, sure how much, I'm not sure how much of input, input he had on the, the actual sound of the band, Gary Glitter. But the, hang, 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 it was Chapman and Chin that had yeah. all the input on that. So yeah. The Glitter Band didn't have any input okay. on that either, so. But the, yeah, the sound is, yeah, it's amazing. Great songs, tarnished by the fucking yeah. paedophilia. Talking of paedophiles, yeah. did you watch that Jimmy Savile thing, The Reckoning? I did, yeah, yeah, what did you think? Fucking amazing. It's just, it just sort of, you couldn't tear your eyes away from it. Steve Coogan, we don't really like. No? No, I think, I think um, things like Pauline Calf, Paul Calf, rubbish. Yeah. Um, Alan Partridge gets on my tit. <laughs> you don't like Alan Partridge? Um, I like Alan Partridge. It's good, to, I mean, but... Having past partridge, yeah, <laughs> but having both but, of us having lived through those, but time and, and it's annoying because Jimmy Savile was was pretty much the only um, the only impression of a famous person. Yeah, I know, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, then, then, then. Yeah, that was ruined. Because, yeah, it's ruined, isn't it? It's ruined. Coogan did it brilliantly, and yeah. it, it, it's uh, he didn't glorify it. No, he didn't make him out to be anything that he wasn't. He no. was a creepy, horrible cunt. Um, and I like the fact that he introduced, he sort of mixed it in with statements from the kids. Yeah. And the creepiest bit was the, the him cornering the kids. He didn't see anything. No, but, but you it could. was creepy as fuck, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. Horrible. Um, it is. I know. I I read some stuff around there. But how many? How much more in plain sight could that come from? I know. But I read a lot of stuff in around that show, and women putting statements all about how they recognise that being in those situations, and in liking that show where he'd be there, being very nice, and then suddenly the tone would change, the mood would change, and a lot of women have been in that position with men before, where it's very nice, very nice, very nice, not me specifically, and then that kind of noted sort of change of tact from being like friendly to like you're going to give me what I want basically and unfortunately it is something that lets males down um, I've not been like that myself thank god no no but like you said the two people who've both lived through the I mean, different periods of Jimmy Savile when you're famous. Uh, you know, I was a kid in the 80s when Jim Fixer was on. I'm surprised he didn't fuck you. But it was always... It, it wasn't really the Oakland secret, was it? It was, a, it was basically everybody knew he was a, a Roman. Yeah, yeah. But to what extent? I don't know, but it was just kind of one of those things. Wasn't it? But that was a thing. That seemed to be a thing in the, in the 80s and the 90s for certain. So you'd have people that were like... You know, everybody knew that was they were up to no good, and they were. It was like, oh, well, and he was, he was a bit of a character. You know, he wasn't a character. He was, everybody knew it. 
that's, yeah. that's the thing. It was just fucking hang on. But that's what that's what. It but that, like, look, it's similar and stuff. Was enabled with... by Maggie Thatcher. We ought to dig that bitch's fucking oh, yeah. grave up and punch a fucking punch a skeleton to death. But you look at their stuff recently with uh, Russell Brand. Well, that was his whole character was being a a sex crazed kind of fucking misanthrope, wasn't it? But. He was quite open about all that. I know, yeah, 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 but that's the thing. But, but it, doesn't, it doesn't mean that him saying it, it was consensual doesn't, and him saying it first, oh, I did sort of I mitigated yeah. this by actually yeah. writing in my book that it was, I was like that. Yeah. And I was, it was all consensual. Yeah. Actually, it's people saying it wasn't. Yeah. So. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, but it, it, that was similar. Well, we're not similar, but in, in the same sort of way that being in plain sight well, it's the same kind of thing isn't it yeah but I mean I, I listened to the show but I let, like when he was on the show they, they did like they showed clips of him on that radio show where he was talking to Jimmy Savile and stuff and, and then the stuff with Jonathan Ross where I mean, he openly talked about like having his end away with women and stuff and like or like making comments to news readers or people on the show and stuff like that and it was like you know all part of the character but Actually, in real life, it's not funny, yeah, is it? Yeah, yeah. No. If you've ever seen that, like, it isn't amusing. But we all kind of fucking laughed along. Like, oh, he's a, uh, you know, uh, a, a cheeky fucking yeah, organizer. Somebody who had his number from the start. Stuart, yeah, Stuart Lee. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right, we've done our, we've done our uh, five minutes on fucking Peter Files. number four is Gary Clare I've done that number three Tie Yellow Ribbon by Dawn and Tony Orlando I thought it was two people but Dawn were a band weren't they yeah it was it was a singing group Dawn. yeah with Tony Orlando as their lead singer yeah utter bollocks but <laughs> it's become it's become for people lost in uh, yeah, in wars it's become a yeah. bit of an anthem isn't it and I'd just like to say you're all fucking wrong Right, okay. Um, number two, Hellraiser by Sweet. Yeah, I, I wanted to Sweet, Mud, Gary Glitter, um, yeah. Rolf Harris, Jimmy Sutton. No, um, yeah, so Hellraiser, great song. Yeah. Um, Brian Conley, near the end of his life. Not that one. The, uh, uh, <laughs> not the one with the. Yeah. That's Conley, not Connolly. Mm-hmm. Fucking moron. Bang out a few tunes, okay? He, he came to see the Sears and liked the Sears. Did he? So, yeah, the source at the Bullingate. Not the, the, the singer, not the comedian. No, I fucked the Conley. Yeah. Sweet singer, Brian Conley, and he did look like. Did he? Yeah. Did he still have the hair and stuff? Yeah. yeah. Did he? Fuck. Still did. Yeah. Um, number one. Hang on, I don't quite like. Um, oh, the sweet. Oh, they, Tiger Feet is the big one there. It's mud. Is that mud, was it? Yes. Okay, we did Big Bam Bam. Was that uh, was that the sweet? sweet? That was a sweet. That was an early sweet song. Big Bam Bam. Well, Buster was a sweet, wasn't it? That was yeah. Big yeah. Bam Bam was a big party song when I was a kid. Yeah. yeah. Um, number one, see my baby drive. Wizard. Yeah. Roy Wood. Excellent man. From the move, you know, like Fire Brigade. Yeah. And Flowers in the Rain, things like that. Moved from there, left, um, and started ELO. 
with <laughs> Jeff Lynn. Yeah. Um, had a big basically Jeff Lynn was in the bank of the Idol Race, Birmingham sort of um, psych band. Yeah. Um, and it was it was Roy Wood who was the the known the known star at the time. And Jeff Lynn wasn't very well known at all. Right. Um, but then Jeff Lynn was a bit of a control freak. Um, and as a lot of the ones at the start were Roy Wood's songs. He wanted to push more and more of his own, which ultimately was probably right because he became a massive star in, in yeah. LO. But Roy Wood just thought, fuck it, I don't need this shit. I'm going to stop me about. Yeah. And he started a, a 50s pastiche sort of rock and roll band with his. And then the second, after Slade, the second uh, most played Christmas song in yeah. UK chart history with I Wish It Could Be Christmas Every Day. And see my baby jive. But a production on this is, is amazing. It's like it's it's like a British Phil Spector. That's what I've I looked to see if Phil Spector was involved in the writing and I last time I heard it. I, I looked up on Wikipedia and but apparently Abba said this is a big influence on them. Yeah. The Waterloo. Yeah, it's it is it is a it, they did some masterpieces back then in the day. So yeah, I will go with you for the first time ever. Thanks. It's a reasonable chart. What are you going to decide what song you want to play at the end, or do you want to wait to the end to do that from that top ten? No, no, no. We need to. We need to. What was the say? Where we're going to play? See my baby Joe. All oh, right. Okay. We're right. Up. Okay. Not Perry Como. Definitely not. We're Tony. Tony Orlando and Dawn. <laughs> <coughs> right, halfway through your podcast. And for those of you that just about to talk about wrestling, for those of you that don't listen for the wrestling content, we'll uh, we'll see you next week. Cheers. Yeah, yeah. Take care. Uh, for those of you that are hanging around for wrestling content, here we go. So we're off to 1993 for Clash of the Champions 25 from WCW. Um, One of their four or five um, straight to TV specials. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we, I mean, we covered the first Clash of Champions way this back one when. is not really this weekend. It was actually from November the 10th. Okay. In 90, so it's uh, this time of year. Oh, it is November the 10th, though, because by the time this comes out... Is it? Will it be <laughs> November the 10th? It will, yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah, we'll yeah, 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 just about. It's the 24th of November, October at the moment, though. Yeah, 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 yeah. But you think... I mean, we're not going to get the semantics about the... Uh, okay. Yeah, you this think time, This time... 47 years ago yeah, yeah. Uh, the Bayfront Centre in St Petersburg Florida which they were lazy they just did it where they were like, sort of a stone's throw from Atlanta really yeah yeah um, and where actually, most of the wrestlers lived in Florida yeah so they do. yeah if you go back to um, about this time three years ago we covered Halloween Havoc 93 which was the show before this which was Vader in Cactus Jack in the main event and Flair and Rude and it's a decent pay- there's some bollocks on that pay-per-view as well but I think I had a nasty cough on that show and I, I literally I had COVID about four days later so um, sorry but go back and listen to that one if you want if you want a more detailed if you if you, look. If, you, if, you if you want just go back and listen to that uh, we'll wish you a good night <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, because this is bollocks. Yeah. But that, uh, yeah, so that was the, the, the big pay per view before that. And um, this really was thrown together shite that is really, uh, we, we talk through everything that was wrong with Dusty Rhodes booking. Pretty much, yeah, yeah. 
but we'll go, before we before we get into it, we'll go through the card. So on paper, this card it sounds looks good. Reasonable. We'll pick holes in it shortly, obviously. So we've got Rick Rude versus Hawk from the road. <laughs> So he did that quite a bit on the lesser known things. He did quite a few um, singles matches on Clash of the Champions. And you knew pretty much whenever he was involved, um, there would be no change of titles. No. It was Uh, always for a title because fucking Hawk was an egomaniac. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Master versus the Equalizer. I mean, come on. Uh, Regal versus Johnny B. Bad. Johnny B. Bad has been on, I think, every single WCW show I've covered. Johnny B. Bad's on it. Yeah, and they were pushing him to the moon, and this was just on the lead up to him finally taking the belt off of Stephen Regal, wasn't it? So. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Steve Austin versus Brian Pillman. Yeah, after the breakup of the Hollywood Blondes. Dustin Rhodes versus Paul Orndorff uh, for the US title. The uh, World Tag by, Tag by that was Belts. no build up, nothing. <laughs> no, no, no. The World Tag Title Belts, uh, Nasty Boys versus Sting and David Boy Smith. Yeah, that was a bit sort of after the Masters and Powerbomb. Yeah, and then the main event was Flair versus Vader for the WCW title. So you're thinking, on paper, there should be enough there, really, shouldn't you? For a, yeah. for a decent show? Yeah? Let's see how that works out, shall we? Yeah. Um, so yeah, so this is uh, a few weeks after Halloween Havoc 93, which we covered. And um, so if you want to go back and check that episode 8, that would be fantastic. Episode 28, that was. We hadn't hit our stride. I was still fairly happy. And that's when I put some, uh, I think I was into Drugs. Polish electro rock. So that was the theme to that song was uh, the Polish electro band, Combi. Which Morty's wife is from Poland. That's her favourite episode, apparently. Oh, right. Because we started with a Polish uh, electro band. Um, yeah, yeah, so Bischoff's just taken over yeah. in charge of TV, but the booking at this point is pretty it's, much dusty. It's still dusty. Yeah. Um, the WCW International World Heavyweight, there was a lot of bollocks around that time. This was about the time when. WCW was WCW properly. Yeah. Um, but also, the NWA had pulled out of the world title. Yeah. Yeah. Which they didn't really need. So they had, they had to make their own WCW belt, which they wanted to do anyway. Yeah. But they still had some sort of tie-in with the NWA. Yeah. Which meant that they needed to honour that until they could move into their own world championship properly um, and they came up with the idea of making that belt the WCW International World Heavyweight which didn't really make a lot of sense no wasn't recognised really as a world championship belt um, and they gave it to people who, who never quite Got the main world championship. It was Rick Rude, it was Barry Windham, it was people like that. Who the great Muta? Yeah. They all had the WCW International World Heavyweight. Yeah. And it, it wasn't. It wasn't much of anything. It was more the the it's symbolic just, having the, the the big the big belt, and that was the yeah, that big was the gold thing. belt. Um. But this was. Uh, 
at this point the WCW was in a bit of a not a great place so the, the attendances were pretty poor I think the crowd was mostly people there big papers they paid to get these people in or yeah or like they, they just like, give, give complimentary tickets out to a lot uh, I mean Gene starts off and he's hawking his, his his hotline and they're discussing the uh, the manager of the year called yeah some, some top uh, candidates and that as Tony and Jesse on commentary I like Tony and Jesse's uh, yeah, commentary yeah Shivani mm. Um, we like Jesse Ventura from around this time. Yeah. He, didn't, he was. Uh, he had a bit of an edge to him because everything he said, he, he clearly didn't give a fuck. <laughs> no. Um, yeah. But he was. He, he he was a good. He was a good commentator for it though. Um, what I really hated um, when they had somebody as good as Gary Michael Capet, who was really the voice of WCW. Yeah. Yeah having Mike Buffer in there. Yeah. And what really fucked me off about Buffer yeah. was when he'd go in and he'd go, the master of the... <laughs> he makes stuff up. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like, the, the, the master, master of the, of the figure four, the master of the rude awakening. Yeah. Just the, the master of this, the masters. Yeah. Oh, look, I fucking hate Michael Buffer. I'd fucking get ready to rumble with that cunt too. Well, the, the main thing I was pleased about was I'm pretty sure I've seen other WCW shows from this time they didn't have... Rick Rude's proper WCW music on there. But this one, it did have the uh, Simply Ravishing there. Yeah. It's one of the best themes in uh, in wrestling history. It comes out that, and you know what I mean? We're only probably seven or eight months away from him having to retire from the injury, Rude. I mean, he looks incredible. Yeah, yeah. At this but point. He, he doesn't. He, he didn't change his stick since he fucking ate. Oh no, yeah, but no. It's... What I'd like for but you yeah. all to have is to be quiet and Steve, you Florida flunkies. What did he call this week? It was uh, Florida flunkies. It was, yeah, 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 yeah. He must be. Was he ever a face? No. No. Like, lifetime heel. He must have been like. I suppose back in. NWA at the start, he might have been a team with Manny Fernandez, I mean, a bit. He might have been a face then at some point, but. Yeah, Manny Fernandez, the Legion liar, Manny Fernandez. Yeah. Um, He'd do things, Manny Fernandez would do things like sort of on the, on the bus, yeah. uh, on flights. He'd just be like, going, just, uh, what's up, Manny? Oh. Bit of shrapnel from Vietnam, they couldn't take it out. <laughs> It's like bollocks, you wouldn't it? <laughs> um, it's a flat of rude uh, one that the big gold bar in September and defended it at Halloween Hammer against Flair. Yeah, and he's yeah, down to five months left of his career. And of course, Rick Rude on this Clash of Champions is wrestling Hawk from the uh, from the Road Warriors. So he's done this a few times on Clash of the Champions and you know for a there's a there's no um, there's no fucking title change. Yeah. B they're just a couple of mates fighting. Yeah. Um, it's an e- easy payday, and the likelihood with two mates fighting. Yeah. That they they won't want to take the victory, and Dusty Rhodes booking that it's likely to be a fucking double count a yeah. DQ finish. 
Um, it was just they. It was obvious when they spilled out of the ring quite oh, yeah, quickly. Oh yeah, this They just hit each other over the head until the bell rang. Uh, it was a poor match. But I was wondering what what animal was doing this time. So he he got injured in. So Hawk, I've been wrestling. So after they got released from WWE, Hawk was. I think Animal got injured and took a lawyer to London payout. And Hawk was wrestling around the world, did a little bit in ECW as well. And he returned in uh, August of this year. He also had a run in IWGP. Yeah, he just went around yeah. with Kensuke Sasaki as the Hellraisers. <laughs> yeah. Um, but he teamed up with uh, Dustin in August. And Animal didn't come back to 96. Which is slightly nuts. In my head, there was. You think of Road Warriors in, in WWE in '92, and then yeah, I suppose that, that, that period of '92 to '96, they weren't doing anything. And then he came yeah. back WCW in '96, and then yeah. went back to WWE '97, '98, didn't it? Yeah. Fucking demolition knockoffs. Um, yeah, this match, I just put it's bollocks, basically. A really, it's probably about five minutes long as well, wasn't it? And double count out and then, but just, yeah. Just move on. Uh, yeah, let me get the equaliser. Pointless things because they balls up. The, 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 the pay-per-view before is the fucking Shockmaster incident. The pay-per-view before was, it was, as we covered, was the... The Clash of Shamis before was the Shockmaster. Yeah. The pay-per-view before was, I think it was, the Shockmaster, Joe Gomez, and Ice Train, maybe, against the Equalizer. I can't remember where. But it, the Shockmaster got the pin. It was all fairly uh, shit wrestlers. Um, shit, again. Two minutes and 29. Yeah seconds that you'll never get back but I mean why would he still called the shock master he basically came out and he looked like a bit of a builder I don't know know what the actual plan was prior to that because after after his entrance and stuff when he made that fuck up on the then he turned into like a sort of construction worker I don't know what the original plan if there was an original plan what he was going to be Stormtrooper in a... But all they did was take the piss out of him and say, oh, good job he didn't trip over there. But that was the whole gimmick. Was, yeah, that was it. He was, but that played into his gimmick going forward about he's really clumsy. Even his finishing move, which was in this match, you got the guy in the bear hug, went down on his knees and then dropped him on the floor. And that was his, that was his finish. And his, his shoulders weren't even on the floor. Yeah, I know. I thought that was part of his finish. That was part of his gimmick in the last pay-per-view there. He actually, he actually messed his finish up as well. He's that clumsy. Um, but Uncle Fred, bless him. Yeah. God bless Uncle Fred. We get a, a promo then for Battle Bowl, which I think I covered that on Cy Powers podcast. It's fucking abysmal. Horrendous idea and concept. Um, and then we get the news then that Rick Rude and Davey Boy are having an altercation. Backstage, which might for, come for into no, play. For, for, for no reason. For no reason, no. No. Prime no. uh, We get an interview then with uh, Mean Gene and Colonel Robert Parker, who uh, apparently he's, he's fired Sid and he has a restraining order against him. But Gene thinks he's seen someone who looks like Sid in the 
in the toilets, which is unlikely. Because <laughs> he's, uh, well, he's not quite. We'll get to it later on, the whole Sid thing, but yeah. Um, Johnny B. Bad then, making his 80th consecutive fucking Clash of the Champions. But you know, he, a lot of the time he was in the, the first match, Johnny B. Bad, so he's, he's progressed up the card slightly. He did his first proper proper sort of yeah. non-squashy type affair with um, trying to go for the TV title with part of a series with um, yeah. Stephen Regal which ultimately um, he's successful in yeah well Jesse said uh, he's already discharged one glitter gun and uh, Jesse said he's got another so he might be giving us a, a double barreled uh, glitter gun to the face at some point which is very, very loosely veiled, uh, you know, suggestions that he might possibly be, he might possibly be gay, which was the whole kind of, you know. What, taking on the noted gay singer Little Richards? Well, his, his, his theme song goes, really? he's trying to be bad, you don't want to make him mad, he's as pretty as a picture, he looks just like Little Richard, which is a bit on the nose, really, fair. Um, that was that was dusty, wasn't it? That whole gimmick was dusty. Which, I mean, this is '93, so we, we spoke about on this show about the whole gold dust thing and how kind of ambitious in some ways that was. They didn't really know what they were doing with that, did they? But no, no, they. Wanted I mean, this the was bad guy. The homosexual yeah. is the bad guy. Yeah, that's that's, that's what it. Is. Yeah, yeah. But this is, um, yeah, this is. That that was in their in attempt to make that was the WWF's attempt to make the noted um, bully and wife-beating. Yeah. Portrayal of Razor Ramon into a good guy by getting him to fight the homosexual. <laughs> Yeah. That's, how, that's how that's how behind the times wrestling was and to a certain extent still is well, yeah that's what I'm saying like how it was a yeah a, 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 an ambitious character at best um Regal's come out comes out with Sir William and he's had the the, uh, the TV title since September yeah fucking Mero I think Mero's underrated I think Solid. Again, the story goes that Vince brought him in, didn't he? And Vince assumed he would just just keep the same character and be trying to be bad. And he was like, "No, I can't. <laughs> I can't do that. That's trademarked by a different company." So cause when, when he came in, he was the the wild thing when he first came wild in. Man, Mark yeah, and he had like he had the same hair and stuff. It was only later on. I mean, he was he was hampered by the fact that his, when he got to WWE, they were far more interested in his wife than he were with uh, with him. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, but well, there you go. He's I a, think he was a motivational speaker now. Yeah, yeah, he's doing well. Yeah. He's done well from top. But, yeah. Um, they teased him winning. Um, yeah. And a good old cheap finish with the uh, with the. Distraction from the outside and then a, a sneak roll up from Stephen Regal. Yeah. There's no. Every WCW pay per view or Clash Emma is from this time and for a lot of time going forward. They, they, 
they can't book finishes. No, no, no. Dusty didn't like to book finishes because, especially for Clash of Champions, yeah. because that would ruin a finish for a proper pay per view. Yeah. And he wasn't given away. Well, even the proper pay per views, they couldn't book fucking finishes on those. Like. No, but he's, he, he didn't want to. Because he was one of the boys, I, I get a feeling that he didn't want to piss off any of the boys by yeah. having a clean finish and saying, no, you've got to lose. Yeah. He'd, he'd, have, some, a, he'd have a, a schmoz. We get some Lady Di and Fergie chat as well, just to date the, uh, to date it. Um, apparently, Davey Boy has challenged Rick Rude for the world title backstage. Uh, yeah, this match is, yeah, it's, it's, it's nothing, is it? <laughs> it is nothing. Um, Aria Regal wins and retains. Yeah. But part of the part of the storyline, in a, he, he loses to Johnny B. Bad. Yeah. And, and yeah. Regal's been saying he didn't want um, any of his glitter guns in. If he's going to do it, you can do it properly, and you yeah. can make yourself look like a proper wrestler. Bad did all the glitter gun stuff, and Regal had fucking loads of glitter all over him, and then just wasn't happy. Yeah. Yeah. And in the end, he took the title back. Austin out next with uh, with Colonel Robert Parker his new manager yeah yeah Rich, that didn't last too long either no um, and Pitt, uh, Pillman's already in the ring which is not a good uh, not a good sign is it no no they, no but this was at the time when he was just about to go into his yeah loose cannon phase wasn't it well he had uh, they'd recently split up and Pillman was injured when he were tag team champions and so Regal subbed in for Pillman. Yeah. But he lost that match to Arn and Roma. Uh, and when Pillman came back, Austin attacked Pillman, leading to this feud. But Austin seemed to be getting a 93, early 94. He seemed to be getting a push to the top of the card, Austin. And when Hogan came in, it came that kind of like. Eric, he didn't go with Eric. And no. Eric fired him by. Um FedEx, FedEx. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It seemed to be that in that um, like Halloween Havoc, I think he got involved in the flair stuff. Obviously, later on he turns up in the match as well. And well, he had a good run of stunning Steve Austin back with um, the Dangerous. Yeah, yeah. And feuded with oh, Dustin as well for the title. Yeah, yeah. He seemed to be being pushed upwards at this point. Um, uh, yeah, this I mean, it's probably the best match of the night, which is not really high praise. No, not really. Say. But yeah, I, I'd go along with that. It was a solid wrestling match from two mates who, who knew each other's style and, and blended each other nicely. Yeah, uh, and Austin, yeah, Austin wins. Um, mean Gene is in the Battle Bowl Control Center, Get ready for Battle Bowl. Orndorff thinks he's going to win. As does Sting. And it's funny because we get Orndorff comes out. He's in like an interview segment backstage and then he comes out then for his next match with, yeah, yeah. Uh, with the assassin. And, and that was totally, totally fucking dusty. Get a chance to be in there. Oh, we don't know who the assassin is. Yeah. Jody Hamilton, one of your trainers. Yeah. Okay. His identity is never revealed though. But it, it just, everybody knows it. It's someone quite fat. That's all you can yeah, yeah. say in a suit for some reason. And pushing Dusty. But a mask on. Uh, pushing Dusty. Um, who never really caught on as the natural. He was a bit sort of bland. And that, that's why he, he embraced Gold Dust so much when he left not long after. Yeah. 
I quite like uh, Dustin's uh, WCW theme music. Yeah, uh, back at Halloween Havoc, Dustin beat Austin and Orndorff beat Steamboat with assistance from the assassin. So, yeah. Set up nothing. It was just, and at the end, who was standing in the middle of the ring? (laughs) It was Dusty, strangely enough. Oh, yeah, yeah. We're only a few weeks from Orndorff teaming up with Paul Roma. Yeah. With the assassin, his manager. Um,. Yeah, Dusty comes out with Dustin. Yeah. We're in Dusty territories, aren't we? Yeah. That's neck of the woods. But he came back in uh, 91 after the Rumble with him and Dustin against DVRC and Virgil. It's a classic. I love that. that, That's what is embedded in my brain. That's that nice main event. Is it when uh, he drags Dustin over the... uh, Over the rail. Yeah. um, I think that's one of the first times... I saw blood in wrestling, I think, as a kid. Yeah. <laughs> DVRC beat up Dustin. Um, but yeah, he came back in, in 91 and went straight back into booking, really. Uh, but then he, I think him coming back in contributed to Flair leaving in yeah. 91, 92. Um, and he showed up sporadically on TV. He was in the, uh, the probably the worst ever war games match, which was just like Dusty Dustin. The Shopmaster <laughs> um, He wrestled again in 92 Team with Dustin But he was on and off TV As a, as a commentator um, And then this feud with Orndorff And Dustin started 93 Early 93 When uh, he beat Orndorff for the title but Then the Assassin got involved And there was Nobody cared No well, they, At one point the Assassin Threatened to beat Dustin's mum up In order, well, like, to, yeah, <laughs> in order well. to force him into a fight which led into this, led to this match with them in their respective and it was corners. boring. Um, and it was quite dull. And yeah, Paul Orndorff's a good character right up till he he the went on stage and yeah. then and then beat yeah. uh, Vader up wearing flip flops. Well, the, the assassin's head's too big for his mask, I'd say. Yeah, well, he, it, it was a mask when he was a much smaller man. Wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Um, Dusty but, gets yeah. a big reaction. I mean, oh, yeah, it's Dusty Rhodes, isn't it? Yeah, in yeah. Florida, whatever. So. so, yeah. The assassin was 55 at this point. Dusty was 58. So, lots of uh, Paula chants for Orndorff, which was the... Well, he does. He, uh, he spent most of the interview saying, I don't want to be called Paula. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. As he expects, so... Yeah. Um, nothing happens, really, in this match. I think Jesse calls Dusty's mum an old bag. Commentary. Yeah. So... Um, but it looks like Orndorff's going to win. He gets a good call sort of power driver. We get a small package. And yeah, Dustin a, quite a cheap, cheap win again. Assassin attacks Dustin, but Dusty comes in, gets a big pop. Yeah, bionic elbows. Yeah, boy. Lots of elbows. Yeah, and then, um, yeah. And then gets his ass kicked. And all it's going to make a, uh, hit Dusty with a power driver, but um, Dustin comes in to make the save. The boys in the middle of the ring, who bloody run. Yeah. Then uh, we move from that to a massive mess of a, of a rubbish match um, between the tag team champions, the Nasty Boys and Sting and Davey Boy Smith. Yeah. Um, Davey Boy's laid out by Rick Rude. Leading up to the feud, which is going to be at, um, I think it was at a, it might, it might have been a Starcade. Possibly. Possibly. But um, the match was like three or four minutes old before they even rung the bell. 
yeah. all on the outside. Typical dusty bollocks as well. So, um, and then from being totally unconscious, then Davy Boy two on one, uh, one on two, bloody the nasty boys. Yeah. Well, I was watching this match, and I, I, I was also watching the Fog on uh, TV. Yeah, just watched the fog to be honest. John Carpenter, yes, yeah, immense film. And a lady got, old lady got dragged away to her death um, by some sailors that were ghosts. Um, and then the Nasty Boys won. The ref yeah. gets confused, and Davy, obviously Davy. And then, and then Sags drops a big elbow off the yeah. off the top rope and knobs for the cover. Yeah. And a bit of a cheap win on Davy Boy. Yeah. Um, and then we're off to the to the to main event, but we get a bit of uh, more stuff going on backstage apparently between Ric Flair and Robert Parker. Yeah, he's informing Flair. Parker and 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 there was always going to be there was always going to be interference um, from Steve Austin and Rob Parker after that. Yeah, um, it was it was yeah a standard sort of back and forwards match between him and Vader Vader hit the moonsault and a big splash Ric Flair got bloody got the figure four in then it all got very messy um, and ended up in a disqualification yeah well this was Flair's first first title he was I think he obviously won so he came back in February this year but he couldn't wrestle for a while so he was doing the Flair for the gold stuff and they ended up beating Barry Windham for the NWA title when it was still NWA in the summer. Um, and then the split happened and he lost uh, the big gold belt to Rude soon after. Um, but I mean, Vader was a fucking man at this point, wasn't he? Yeah. He was the boss. So after committing to WCW full-time in 92, he won a title for Sting that spring and held it on and off feuding with Cactus I uh, lost it to Ron Simmons, obviously. No, they don't. Who did he lose it to? He lose it to Ron Simmons, didn't he? Literally don't care. He, no, he lost it to Ron Simmons. In Baltimore, Maryland. Yeah, yeah. Davy Boy, and he'd been cactus at the main event of the last Halloween Havoc. Yeah. Um, the fucking music. The Vader music. It's quality. And having the Hollywood in the whole. Yeah, Harley, yeah. And uh, he's authentic enough anyway, Vader, isn't it? But yeah. having Harley there. Um, and like Cactus Jack said, he says, I want you to hit me over the head with that shovel and you better hit me hard. Yeah. Or I shall be having words with you backstage. And he just went, I, I, I had the fear of Harley put into me. <laughs> yeah, so yeah. I hit him as hard as I damn well could. Yeah, yeah. Um, I... Right, so we, yeah, so we get the, um, the big intro from Buffer. Four hundred and fifty-two pounds, Vader. One to buffer. Yeah, the master of the power bomb. Master of the power bomb, of course. Yeah. Um, and then we get a big build-up, and then we go for a commercial break, and then we come back for some reason. We go for a break, come out of flare, try to get the figure four on Harley, but Vader rescues him, and then uh, the match gets going. No, I, I, to be fair, this is probably the best match. It wasn't very long, but I quite enjoyed the. The physicality in this match. Yeah, and um, it was Flair trying to prove he could still go. Yeah, and Vader gave him a lot as well. 
yeah, he took his mask off and stuff. So like, and Flair was landing some pretty stiff shots. And we haven't spoken about the, you should probably do actually, the, the striker that comes up this year, and that's the main event of Flair yeah. and Vader, isn't it? Yeah. Which they probably, that is, you know, Flair pretty yeah. much proving himself as still being yeah, yeah. the boss and hanging. I used that a couple of times tonight. Yeah. Hanging. Uh, but but yeah, being able to be Andy trying to be in with the kids. Yeah, but still being able to go with, with someone like Vader and yeah, match yeah. up with him physically. Um, he, actually, he doesn't get a lot of praise Vader for his selling because he didn't deal with that. No, no but, but he did it when he needed to, yeah. when he respected whoever he was wrestling with. You know, like with uh, Foley as well. He would sell when he felt up to it. Um, but yeah, this is. Flair getting shots in and Vader dominating. Um, Flair actually hits, uh, gets to the top rope and hits a move. Yeah, he does. It's, I so think any, any, just gets caught in midair by Vader. Another one, yeah, yeah. I think that's the sign of face Flair. Yeah, yeah. Gets to the top rope and hits a move. Heel Flair never. Uh, never does. Never it. does it though. Um, and we can notice so Vader misses on the top rope. Flair gets to the figure four, gets it on, but Harley gets Flair, rakes his eyes. Vader escapes um, and yeah Flair goes to make another move from the top rope we get a rough bump of course yeah yeah but this um, is this is um, this is also yeah this is also the top rope stuff is banned isn't it yeah yeah era from Bill Watts he was conspicuously absent from this yeah uh, we get a superplex and Vader I think he'd just gone hasn't he I think he'd gone yeah I think this is Dusty Bischoff um yeah, Vader is a superplex, which looked slightly nuts. Um, but if Vader misses the moonsault, a flag gets a free count and wins the, wins the title. Or so we think. Uh, and celebrates. But then, but then... Oh, no fucking gets The ref counts the free. Kiwi Anderson wakes up and says, no, I DQ'd it after. Yeah, but there was the same ref. The same ref counts the free. And in, in, when I was watching, I was like, "Well, it looked like Vader had his foot on the ropes." But I don't think he did. He didn't quite get his foot on the ropes in time. But they walk away, and then so apparently, uh, Randy Anderson DQs Vader for some reason. I have to count in the pin. I don't know why Vader got DQ'd. I mean, Vader. So Vader hit Randy Anderson, knocked him down by accident. That's and Randy Anderson counted the three to flare one. And then got up and then DQ'd Vader. So it didn't make any... No, no, but nothing does. But it didn't make like, any it, sense. It was almost like they forgot the finish. Yeah. Um, and then Parker and Austin come down and start beating up Flair until Dustin and the Shopmaster come back to make the save. So, and then Gene chats to Flair after and Gene wants and a tag match. Flair wants a tag match. Yeah, and, and instead of picking one of the two people that came in to save him no. he's going to get Sid Vicious in there yeah which is odd because Sid Vicious a few days ago stabbed his mate <laughs> stabbed his mate and I got stabbed as well. so at this point they still had because the plan going into that Starcade before the the stuff in Blackburn which I'm sure everybody knows about but Sid and Arn got into an incident and lots of stabbings and blood loss and yeah. people almost died the plan before that was that Sid was going to beat Vader at Stargate 
So that's already happened now, but at this point they still haven't made a decision about what they're gonna do. So Flair's still promoting the fact that he's gonna be teaming up with Sid at some point to wrestle Vader in Austin, I suppose. But, like fuck. Sid never, well, he obviously comes back eventually in like 97, like, well, Sid's gone. But they still haven't made that decision yet. No. No. So they're still, they're they're still, still fucking pushing Sid on TV. Even though he's gone. Even though he's gone, yeah. Yeah. Bizarre. Uh, but yeah, that's WCW at this time. Yeah. Would you like to compare your ratings to the Dave Meltzer ratings? Um, I'm going to give it one star. Well, no, the, the whole, the, 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 the uh, match by match. Okay. Hawk versus Rick Reed. Two stars. Minus two stars. Okay. Uh, Fred versus Uncle Fred versus Evad Sullivan. One star. Minus one star. Um, Regal versus Johnny Bat. Two stars. One star. Austin Pillman. Two stars. Three and a quarter. Dustin versus Paul uh, Ornoff. Two stars. Two and three quarters. Uh, Nasty Boys versus Sting and David Boy. One star. Two stars. And then Vader versus Star. Two stars. Three and a quarter. You say two stars for everything? No. <laughs> one star for a cut of Three and a quarter, and I got. Overall, one star. Overall, this is not fucking. Let's never speak of it again. I closed the fucking uh, document. But uh, in theory, that in should theory, be. Yeah, but in reality, it was just another dusty load of old bollocks, and they weren't going to give anything away really on TV. No, um, they. All the belt, a lot of the belts were up for grabs. Yeah. None of the belts changed hands. No. Two of the belts went to a disqualification. The other two went for cheap finishes. It's a, ugh, it's a strange time period in WCW. You've got Ric Flair, if not just past his peak, maybe, but still fairly yeah, close yeah, to his still, peak. Still, still, Fader. Yeah, yeah. Steve Austin. Some good, some technically. Foley is still there. Some Sting. really good. Rick Rees. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Brian Feldman. Yeah, yeah. Everybody, yeah. They managed to turn it into a piece of shit. Yeah, yeah. We've got Battle Ball coming up next month, though, so we look forward to that. I don't. No. Um, right, so uh, thanks again for listening, guys. Yeah, I'll behave myself this week, will We'll be back next week with. Uh, what are we going to tell people what we're doing next week? What are we doing next week? Tell well, us, Uncle Andy. Next week is a, is a special anniversary. Is somebody's it? birthday. Whose birthday is it? It's uh, Macho Man Randy Savage's birthday. Oh, so we might be doing something based around Macho Man Randy Savage. Yeah, so we thought he probably deserves a, a big long episode. So that might end up being a two-par Macho Man. There's a lot to talk about in there. Let's do that in my back garden with lots of red wine. <laughs> that didn't go very well. <laughs> uh, but thank you again, everybody, for listening and supporting the show. Um, it does mean a lot, actually, to me, anyway. Yeah, only it to means a lot to Steve as well. Because Steve plays that he doesn't really care, but this show wouldn't exist without him. No, it, so, and it didn't for for eighty six episodes. As well as this show's done, you know, being uh, the number one show in New Zealand for a small period. There you go. Actually, I did work out a theory the other day. You know the whole, uh, you know, AW Jay White's Nick no. The Bang Bang thing. Where's Jay White from? New Zealand. There we he go, was see? the one that was listening. He was the one who was fucking he was listening, the wasn't he? He's the one yeah. fucking nicking that. It all makes sense, eh? I thought it was Leo Sayer because he lives in New Zealand. Fucking bastard. Well. 
So, um, yeah, that makes sense. So, Jay, if, money, Jay. if you are listening, Jay, you do owe me money. Um, what are we finishing with tonight? We're finishing with we're, we're, we're finishing with Wizard. Wizard, see my baby Joe, the number one from this time in 1973, which that's was right. the, the, the debut of one Mr. Richard Flair. Yeah, yeah, so we'll finish with that. Uh, thank you all again for putting up with us and uh, we'll see you next week for some yeah. Macho Man talk some oh yeah I was going to say do you do an impression you do yeah thinking 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 I don't do impressions so no uh, no, no he doesn't even do an impression right bald man. all the best fuck off and here's yeah. wizard cheers right. bye